Welcome to the In the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Bird, and every week I bring you great information from fabulous people that I get to meet all over the world. I interview public figures, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, millionaires, and moguls that share their know-how, tipping points, pivotal moments, and life lessons. I promise you educative, empowering, and entertaining conversations with entrepreneurs that have a social conscience. Don't forget to find me on social. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Facebook, it's Clarissa Burt Official. Also sign up for my newsletter at clarissaburt.com. That way you can keep abreast of the In the Limelight media as it's coming out. And you'll be getting my weekly newsletter along with the In the Limelight magazine every quarter. Check out inthelimelightmedia.com. It's Clarissa here. We are back in the limelight with yet another extraordinary entrepreneur. But before I bring on this next guest, I do want to remind you that you can listen to this interview on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and Podbean. Whew. Uh, on television, yes, we are still over on YouTube, but you can see us on Binge Networks, Roku, Amazon uh, TV, app, uh, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, uh, Google Play, Daily Motion, and a hundred other smart TV apps. I'm going to remind you that you can see the In the Limelight with Clarissa magazine. It is intelligent media for the savvy entrepreneur. We do have Lady Fiona Carnarvon on this cover. It's a beautiful cover. She is Lady and Lord, married to Lord Carnarvon, that own High Clear Castle, which was Downton Abbey. So if you ever watched Downton Abbey, you'll know, uh, you might know some of the behind the scenes of the castle. And Lady Carnarvon gave us a lovely, lovely interview there. You're going to be able to read the magazine on pressreader.com, which is the largest news aggregator uh, that I know of uh, with uh, publications from all over the world. And we are there. Or you can go to clarissabert.com and read it there. I want to thank my friends over at my news desk. It is the way that I am getting out newsletters and press releases uh, for the last, I don't know how many months now. And I am thrilled because I am able to connect uh, with journalists all over the world and let them know what's happening here in the limelight. So without further ado, I am going to bring in our next guest. And I really loved her story because she is kind of a, a Renaissance woman, if you will. The one that had one life and changed everything to have something uh, even better, I think, is what she might might say. I'm going to bring her on. There is Genevieve Pitturo. So nice. <laughs> To have, yes, I'm going to say it in the Italian way because you know I've lived there for so, so long. So Genevieve Pitturo, lovely to have you here with us. Oh. I want to hear all about the backstory. So you were a successful TV marketing executive and one day you picked up a pair of pajamas and said, I think I'm going to change it all. Let's have that backstory. That's that's right. I guess I should say ciao, Clarissa. Ciao. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Gracias. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yes, yes. Pretty much that that's what happened. You know, I wanted to be Mary Tyler Moore growing up. I watched her and said, you know, that's the life I want. This single woman, smart, you know, climbing the corporate ladder in a man's world, living in a big city, and you know, that's the dream. And as the firstborn of an and Italian a newsroom, family, a newsroom. Add yes. end in the newsroom. That would have that yes. was me too. Yeah. Yes. And I was the firstborn of an Italian family. My dad came from Italy, not far from Rome. And you know, he expected us all to have an education, but the girls to get married and have kids. And I had to break it to him that, you know, I wanted to be a New York City corporate girl. So after after that, I got over that hump of telling him that. That's what I did. I, I was climbing the ladder and I wanted all the things that Mary had and I was on my way. 
And I really did enjoy the life. I, I did. It's what I thought I wanted. It felt fun. And, you know, I had colleagues and, you know, great, great work in the entertainment business and TV syndication. And what happened about 12 years in is I heard a voice here and it came from here. I know because I know the difference now between right, here and right, chatter. Right, right. And it asked me if, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And it stopped me because I realized I was just running so fast for this goal, you know, the top floor. Yeah. And really, what did it mean? It wasn't changing lives. It didn't have any importance, you know, in the greater yeah. good. Right. And the next thing I, I know, a minute later, I'm thinking, I missed having children. You know, I missed that whole scenario that my parents yeah. expected and, you know, thought would be, you know, the most wonderful part of of raising children and seeing them have children. So I thought it wasn't part of my plan at that age, I was in my mid to late thirties. And I started to call shelters to see if I could go in and read to the children at night there. And pre 9-11, you could do what I, what I did, just called up and said, hi, I'm a nice yeah. lady, can I come and read to the children at night? And they said, you sound like a nice lady, sure. And I, I did that, I did that once a week. and. I, I just felt so, so at peace and I felt so grounded. Now, I, I didn't know much about the children, but I could tell and I knew generally that they'd been through, you know, awful, awful things and, and trauma and that they were there in this safe place because the people who were supposed to take care of them couldn't and, and, and maybe, you know, caused a lot yeah. of harm and hurt. And it just took me back to just the small world of these children and me and we sat on the floor in the shelters and I read story after story and one night I followed to see where they were going to take them to sleep and when I looked into the bare room like all the rooms in the shelter and lovely people trying to take care of the kids the best they could but it wasn't a home and when I saw the bedroom shall we yeah. say yeah. There were cots and futons and two or three kids up on one you know, surface and some of them were crying and they were wearing the clothes they'd worn for I don't know how many days, but clearly yeah. they were not yeah. clean their clothes and no pajamas. And I had these flashbacks of my mom sitting at my bed, my sister's bed, my brother's beds and the stories and the laughing and you know the, the snacks and, and the tickling and of course pajamas and stories. And these kids had none of that. Yeah. And I just, what came out of my mouth was to the staff person, next week, can I bring some pajamas? And I don't know why, except those flashbacks, you know, just really prompted me to notice. Yeah. And yeah. I brought pajamas the next week and I started to give them out to the children. And they were so quiet, but they, you know, they sheepishly took the pajamas I gave them. And I was, you know, I was... I was excited because I thought, you know, this was a gift for them that I hoped that they would feel my arms hugging them. Right, right. And one little girl just refused. She just shook her head. She was so afraid. I don't know what, what something that must have happened. And she looked like, you know, she was, she was just in tight, soiled clothes. And she was just, she broke my heart. And yeah. finally, after she watched me give them to everyone else and they'd gone into the room, she, she asked me, what are pajamas? Yeah. Wow. And that was the, that was the killer question. Right. And, and that's where the pajama program was born. It was born in that moment. I didn't have that name, but I just had an obsession, a newfound 
um, focal point for my day when I woke up. That's all I could think about. Right. So how did it grow from there? What were your next steps to uh, building? Did you start a 501c3 right away? Did you start reaching out to different people that made pajamas for donations? What were, you, what were the next steps? All good ideas, Clarice, <laughs> of which I had none except this obsession. I didn't know what to do because here I had a job. I had a mortgage on my apartment. I didn't know the first thing. I didn't know it would even be a nonprofit. I was expecting just to do this once a week and feel, you know, like I was bringing some meaning to these sure. children's lives yeah. and love. But this obsession, all I could think about was how many more like her, how many more like her. And at the same time, the staff loved the idea of the pajamas and they were sharing my name and my phone number with their friends who run shelters. So my my big cell phone, which you could really take to the office in those days, was ringing and ringing. And I just couldn't let it go to, you know, I had to answer these people wanted pajamas for their children. So it, it just became an obsession. So for the longest time, I, I was juggling so much. I was, didn't want to tell anyone. I just met a great guy. And, and I, you know, I said, I've, I've got to tell this, this guy what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm not happy with my career. He thinks I'm a career woman. And I, you know, I made the mistake of trying to juggle and juggling poorly. And I got married and obviously I told him and he said, go for it. And we're, we were married and I was doing this like crazy and keeping my job and not sleeping and worrying about both. And yeah. it wasn't until a little article came out in a national magazine, parenting magazine, when thousands and thousands of boxes and packages showed up and we both were opening them and crying and the boxes were piled what? up in my one bedroom. And when I read a letter that said, please send us your 501c3 so we can send you a grant. I looked at my new husband and I said, what's this thing? Five yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> wow. So wow. That's how I learned. Wow. There's this, this thing I have to do. And at that point, I, I said, this is a responsibility. This isn't just something now that yeah. I'm doing. These people trust me. And, um, you know, I, I, I say everybody has a choice, but I, I knew it was my choice right yeah. then and there. So you were able to answer that voice back then. You were able to say, okay, I got it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, got it. <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm supposed to do now. Okay. Then you quit your job? No. Um, still scared because I didn't mm -hmm. have a nest egg. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't prepared. It never occurred to me. Um, I was racking up credit cards, you know, um, I, I wrote a book recently, you know, here, and I'm pretty honest yeah. in it. And, yeah. um, you know, there were a lot of scary days. There was a lot of um, irresponsibility on my part. My, my poor husband who expected to have a wife was, you know, handed a robot, just answered him yes and no. And then, you know, I, I have work to do. Yeah. So it was, it was really, really hard. And I went from almost being fired because I just had no interest in my job. And, and I, I didn't plan that at all. I planned it poorly just to hang on until, you know, I don't sure. know magic happened, but no magic was happening. And then I went to part-time and then I took project gigs, but I couldn't manage it. I couldn't manage it. And one day when it was really, I was falling apart. My husband said, I, I see you, you know, quit. I will, I will find a way. And we got by until I figured out 
you know, what to do and how to take, you know, how to start taking care of those credit card bills and, and just try to be a little smarter about making it, making it work so that it could grow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Life decisions, right? So there you go. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that but I mean, was a really telling moment for you. It was, you know, and, and the big mistake was not asking for help. And yeah. I, you know, and I teach that because that was a big mistake. You know, we, I think a lot of us think, oh, well, it's embarrassing to ask. Yeah. I should know this stuff. You know, I was a corporate yeah. person and I'm a smart person, but I didn't, I didn't know how to manage it. I didn't yeah, really know. know what you know. And then you don't, whatever you don't know, you have to learn. But I want to know how you went from where you were then to being, you know, interviewed on uh, Oprah and today and good morning America and the early show you've been on CNN, you've been on Fox and friends. And the O Magazine and Forbes, I mean, you know, there had to have been some, some, a huge learning curve, but you made it, you made it, you made it work. Yeah. You know, I started telling everybody the story of the little girl. I finally just opened the gates and just said, I have to talk about this. I need support. I need help. And maybe if people understand why I've, you know, made this switch and I've lost friends along the way. And it was, it was, you know, very strange. I was in this limbo place, but I started just telling everyone and asking for help. And yeah. it was amazing that when I told the story that I just told you about the little girl, how many people felt what I felt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is this is not acceptable. We can do this. We can get pajamas. We can get books. How many do you need? Where are these shelters? And I was just overwhelmed with the support. And I thought, my goodness, I've been juggling and quiet and afraid to talk about it because what am I really solving with pajamas and books? But everybody got what I got and I, and I didn't verbalize it until I saw the support. It's love. It has nothing to do with the material. It's that comfort. It's reminding the children that we see them from, from far and just know that when you get this, this, these pairs of pajamas and this box comes to your shelter, it's because people love you and we want to give you that hug you so, so have a right yeah. to that. And what, you know, and what pajamas really truly represent, they represent comfort and warmth and security and, and caring and loving and home and parents and yes. cuddling and, yes. and feeling, and feeling really safe because it's a precursor to going to bed and sleeping well and getting up in the morning as yes. if, as if nothing. Right. Yes. So what, I mean, is it really is truly, it's the perfect object uh you know to have had to have brought it to, to brought to the fore for these children i i didn't know but i've learned in 23 years or so uh, through people's stories moms who talk about the questions and the intimacy of bedtime with their children and yeah. those of us who remember those times with our parents or our grandparents or or our aunt or whoever put us to sleep it's that bonding Yes. It's that foundation. Yeah. Absolutely. It is the comfort. It is the compassion. It is the love. So you and said that along the way you lost some, you said you lost some friends, Genevieve. Why, why so? Um, well, one uh, in specifically that, that I, I wrote about, I was afraid when I started to, to think about telling people in business, not in my business, but people I knew who were on the same, uh, climb the corporate ladder that I was on that same, um, root. And I thought, let me try, see how it sounds to this woman who's about my age and been in this about a dozen years. 
And it, you know, every time I practiced it, it sounded ridiculous. So I'm gonna quit my career and give pajamas to kids. It kept sounding ridiculous, but I had a glass of wine, met her, and I started to say, you know, I've been thinking um, the rest of my life and this all of a sudden doesn't have meaning because I went to a shelter to read and I told her what happened. And she looked at me and she said, are you kidding? You're gonna leave your career because you went to a shelter? Do you think you're gonna save the world with a pair of pajamas? Wow. And, and it was like, it was a blow, 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 blow. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared. And, and it took me a long time to get back up because I didn't have the answers. So the questions that she was asking me, honestly, didn't have the answers. No, I wasn't gonna save the world, but I thought there was something in between yeah. not saving the world and doing something to help. That was a little harsh. That was a it little was harsh. harsh. Yeah, that was harsh. That was That's harsh. Not... Let me ask you this. Do you know what ever happened to the little girl? Not little Hope. We called her Hope um, because of the story. No, at that point, two things. That um, population, those kids go in and out of those emergency shelters. Yeah. But I never thought then to take any notes. I, I never imagined I'd be here talking to you, Clarissa. I yeah. never imagined yeah. that I would have to remember which shelter, sure. what happened. And since though, a few of the children in the early days, um, I do, and, and we honored one little girl who I gave pajamas to when she was two. And I actually had a pair, a picture of her holding up the pajamas. And <laughs> our 15th um, gala fundraiser for a pajama program, I invited her back. I'd seen her over the years, of course, when she was little, she, you know, we would read to her and she was, um, a senior in high school going to college and to see her with a picture of her on the screen behind her at two, to see her such a poised, beautiful young lady talk about her love for reading and the comfort and love she had every time she came to one of our reading events, Aww. just touched all Oh yeah, her. yeah, wow. I bet. I know, yeah, <laughs> Teresa. I'm not crying, you're crying. I'm oh, not crying. <laughs> I cried a lot and I still do. <laughs> That's extraordinary. Um, I'm going to stop just for a second and let everybody know how they can find you. And then I want to talk about your book. You are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. And it really truly is for the most part, Genevieve Pitura. Uh, I know I'm saying that with a very strong Italian accent. If you'd like to say how you say it in uh, English, Pitura, Genevieve Pitura. Yes. Can you say my first name in Italian? Uh, uh, hold on a second. Yes, I can. Um, Ginevra. No, Genoveffa. 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 Okay. Wow. You don't hear that one too often either. I can no. probably do that. And I don't think I've ever heard Pitturo. With the 30 years I lived in Italy, I don't think so. But I'm going to venture to guess that they are from the south-ish. Body. From, from Rome down. Boot. Down in the boot. What yep. did I say? Yep. I, right. I kind of knew that, but all right, we were getting close. So anyway, again, back to social media, um, can find uh, Genevieve anywhere. Uh, if you want more information, uh, if you also, um, would like to make even some donations, it is also her website is GenevievePituro.com. So pretty easy to find her. Let's see the book. Yeah, it's right there behind you. If you could get it for us, that would be really great. I'd love to see a close up of it that I love the cover. Love the co the covers, the pillows, the whole the, mm -hmm. the half moon. It is really, really adorable that um, that book. Here's what I'm going to ask you, and I think I probably you probably already I'm have. I'm going to show it. you the little girl. Oh, is that hope? Yes, it's a uh, it's I over the years my memory 
starts to fade when I, you know, bring her up in my memory. And I called my niece a few years ago in Chicago, who's an artist. And I said, if I describe her as much as I remember, can you draw her? And she said, I'll do my best. And, and that's wow. from my memory. And she mailed it to me. And I started talking about crying because oh. I saw, I saw that little girl again. So anyway how extraordinary well i did put the ticker up uh, below so that everybody can see your website and know exactly oh, okay. where they're going to find you i did want to ask this last question i ask it frequently uh and it's it's a, it's a question that's not always easy to ask with people that are successful as you are and you cannot however answer your marriage or children but what would you say up that up to date has been your crowning moment ah you know i said before i think one of the the best things is when Teresa came on stage at 17 going to college and we all saw her at two holding up a pair of pajamas and she was in a shelter and seeing her a young lady that just I mean standing ovation for for a long time I think I said to myself I'm okay yeah, I know that it, I didn't save the world, but all these people rallied for her and for others like her. And I pray that there are more like her going to college who remember that warmth that we gave. Absolutely. And I'm going to add on to that, if you don't mind, and say I would say that that follows that follows a second, a second, a second close would be for me would be having to been on, uh, you know, on the Oprah show and being and being recognized by Oprah had to have been extraordinary. It was. I mean, I give lots of funny stories in my book, too, because there, there are so many. I mean, b between being nervous, I flew in a snowstorm to be on the show and the plane was like delayed five hours and we didn't get there till midnight. And the producer said, don't worry, you'll get here. And when you do call anytime, so I called her, she said, I'll give you a rundown what to expect. And she said, okay, tomorrow you're going to come in, you're going to sit in the uh, audience and Oprah's going to introduce you and you're going to climb up a few steps onto the stage. Oprah's sitting on a stool. You're going to hop onto the stool next to Oprah. Clarissa, I heard nothing after that. Hop onto a stool next to on the Oprah show without yeah. falling out of my <laughs> in heels. Because, you know, I had all my girlfriends telling me what to wear. <laughs> and of course, heels. I can't believe that I didn't fall off that stool. I know. Those are the telling so moments, aren't they? But that must have been unbelievable. Well, good for you. That is really but the show reveals a big, a big surprise. Huge uh, surprise. Yeah. It's well, the universe works in very, very interesting ways. Oh, <laughs> you, you said it. Absolutely. Listen, I cannot thank you for taking the time, Genevieve, to be on the show with us and, you know, just kind of sharing this magical story uh, that is your uh, life. So I want to thank you again for being here and taking the time. I'm going to ask you to stay right there while I say goodbye to everyone else and give them an appointment for the yet next episode of In the Limelight with Clarissa, where I will bring on yet another extraordinary entrepreneur. Be well, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the In the Limelight podcast, intelligent media for the savvy entrepreneur. You can listen to this and all of my podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and Inspired News Radio. You'll find all of my videos and the In the Limelight digital magazine on clarissabert.com. And don't forget to connect with me on social pretty much anywhere. 
stay well until we meet again in the limelight.